like and subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content and live shows that we have coming your way. This is a very good time to hit that like button. Smash it, okay? And when I mean smash it, I mean smash it. Send this video to a friend, and we might as well begin. You got to spread the word, man. Anytime you come across good content and new content, new media is what we call what we do. You definitely got to spread the word. And so it helped us out a lot. You know, y'all really don't realize the impact that y'all have as consumers, right? And that's why I take consumerism very seriously when I'm consuming a, a, a sport, you know, like boxing, NFL, NBA, right? I take my consumer, you know, self very seriously because we dictate who eats. Okay, by our viewerships, we dictate who eats, and y'all could do the same thing for us. And we trying to eat. I'm not gonna lie, brother, hungry right now, and I don't mean that in a literal sense. Okay, because I ate like an hour ago. I'm hungry. Zay is hungry. Zach is hungry. Fred is hungry. We love what we do. The passion is there. So all we need from y'all is to support new media, because as we go up, y'all go up with us, and that's just how we do it. But without further ado, I'm going to send the mic over to my co-host, who's ready to play. What's going on, my guy? Hey, man, speaking of hunger, man, Uber Eats took my damn food. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm starving, literally. But, you know, it's going to be a great show. I'm ready to lock them loaded. Um, it's going to be a full episode. Um, and I'm ready to go. I'm actually craving to go right now. All this anger and frustration from Uber Eats going straight to this um next couple topics. Let's do it. Absolutely. We're going to eat this show, bro. Even if that don't sound right. <laughs> we're gonna eat this show you know what i mean i feel like i'm about to eat the mic right now because it's going down in boxing we want to start off there right now because a couple days ago it was the press conference for david benavidez and caleb plant that took place and we really didn't get a chance to cover it as a matter of fact the day of the press conference i was at the press conference for amanda serrano and um cruz so i didn't even get to see it live but i was able to you know, as soon as I got home, tap into that, and we are now being able to talk about it because, you know, obviously prior commitments and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, as you look at the bottom of the screen, what is our biggest takeaway from the David Benavides Caleb Plant press conference day? What's your biggest takeaway? Um, it got per too personal way too quickly. Um, they started bringing up kids, uh, wives. Um, and it was, it was a lot of conversation about personal life beyond the scenes and not about the talents of each fighter, not about the aggression of each fighter. And that's when it doesn't become good boxing. Now it becomes a, a grudge match that doesn't need to be. Um, I think Caleb Plant and Benavidez are two talented fighters. I think this fight would have been fantastic without that type of backstory needed. I think two excellent fighters going against each other in order to get to the promise land of defeating Canelo officially is is all that's needed. Uh, I just didn't, you know, need the theatrics extra. You know, it, it was it seemed like a drama, a TV show. Um, you know, all, all this back and forth talking about kids, family. Uh, I'll be, you know, a lot of cursing back and forth, you know, the father getting into it. Um, you know, it was a lot of different things that didn't weren't need. You know, I like the arguing back and forth, but about each other's talent, not about your family. Now, I want to hear about, yeah, you know, your kids, this or they, they did this behind the scenes, you know, like in family put pictures and those other stuff. Like, I feel like, you know, the mind games is all cool behind the scenes. But once it gets to the press conference, as previous to everyone else, it doesn't seem. You know, it doesn't look good, nor does it make for entertaining fights. Um, you know, I, I think it got personal very quickly. Um, you know, I think Benavidez is one of the more feared boxers in the division, if not the most feared boxer in the division. Um, you know, Anthony, I mean, uh, Andre, I mean, um, yep. And, you know, we you know, it's, I, 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 
But yeah. I, um, you know, I, I know that's another fighter that's been talked about most a, a lot of times on the show. That's feared in the division as well. And Caleb Plant touched on it. The literally the first sentence he said, he said, you know, we um, I had an option to go Benavidez or go uh, Andre. We went with an option that that puts me in a better position. You know, that looks good, better for more sales, for high pay, and that's what we do it for. We get we go for the the, the fights, the best fighters against in the world, and get paid for it. We don't do it just to you know put on for the whole division. We put on to beat the best and fight the best. Um, I think he 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 said it well. Um, but I think that there, there is a, a a rivalry here brewing, and I think it's gonna take multiple fights for them to get it out the way. I don't think this is the one and only fight that we will see from them. I think there'll be multiple. Um, I, I think it's gonna be really telling when the fight happens. But like I said, it's um a lot of drama. There's a lot of things. It was entertaining at first, the back and forth. But when it, once he started talking about, yeah, you know, he was talking about my kids, and so I'm like, ah, nah, I'm not trying to hear that. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, I just want to see the fight. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about extra activities going on outside of what y'all gonna do to each other in the ring. I mean, look, man, Benavides and his team was clearly the aggressor here at the presser, but. They did receive a lot of backlash, and, you know, it's boxing, man. Like, boxing is a very – how can I say this, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my foot into boxing right now, as you can see. So I don't want them to shut me down, but boxing is a – it's a hustle, and it's, a, you know, it's one of those ghetto rah-rah sports. Like, you know, um, the professionalism is a little bit different, I'll say. It's a little bit different, the professionalism. Like, there's a time and place – where there is a professionalism in boxing, but for the most part, you hear cursing all the time. You're going to hear some, you know, stuff about families. You're going to see some extracurriculum activities, you know, at the presser, you know, guys getting pushed, things of that nature. Listen, I had my experience recently. You're hearing, you know, trainers from the crowd, you know, going at each other, people from the crowd cursing each other out. Like boxing, the atmosphere in boxing is really, really amped. That's boxing. If you ever been in the boxing space, you feel the energy. Shoot, you feel like you could knock somebody out. You know what I'm saying? That that's the energy in boxing. But I think for me, the thing I like about the way how David Benavides, you know, carried himself, although he's getting a lot of flag for that, is the fact that the guy's 26 years old, about to take part in the biggest fight of his career, and he looks so confident. Like, that's really impressive to me to be 26 years old, you know, young, your first big fight and to look confident the way you do speaks volumes to how he believes in his own God gifted abilities. We all know the knockout power is there. We all know the volume punching is there. So the fact that he looks so confident really, really is impressive to me. And I did think that um, Caleb Plant looked a little shook out there a little bit. I'm keeping a bean. Based on the way how I read the body language, you're talking about a guy in Caleb Plant who was the aggressor in the Canelo Alvarez presser. I remember that. He was talking about steroid usage and how Canelo was using steroids and they was going back and forth and they had the little scuffle. I mean, he matched Canelo's rah-rah, right? Um, Anthony Durrell, the last fight. You talk about rah-rah, these guys, Black Bud, they was going at it. And although Anthony Durrell was the more aggressor, Caleb Plant matched that tenacity, matched that back and forth talk. But in this fight, it was more deflective. It was more deflective. And as I put it into perspective, I'm saying to myself, I'm not seeing that Caleb Plant that he could hold his own in war of the tongues. 
You know, I didn't see that. I just saw David Benavides with this energy and Caleb Plant was just on the defense, you know? And at one point I thought that David Benavides was going to press Caleb Plant and Caleb Plant did not look like he was ready or going to react to that. Like he was hoping that it didn't happen in a way. But I say that to say, and this is my biggest takeaway and I pass it back to you. When you talk about Mike Tyson giving David Benavides the name Mexican Monster, that right there is either going to be two things, a gift or a curse. It could be one thing, should I say, either a gift or a curse. Because if you have a guy like Mike Tyson, who was highly recognized, one of the greatest to ever do it, calling you the Mexican Monster, that can give you the confidence that you can beat anybody you get in the ring with. Or it can give you the wrong confidence where you have to get shut down and you're going to meet Jamaica. That line right there is either going to be a gift or a curse for David Benavides. You know, I think, you know, you, you hit it on the nail. Caleb Plant wasn't the aggressor in this fight. But then we also have seen in multiple fights where the guys who are overly aggressive during the press conferences are the ones who are usually getting put out. The ones who are usually trying to talk themselves into the fight. Um, you know, if David Benavides is the guy that we that he claims to be, the, the overzealous confidence, the guy who can knock on anybody, and his only comp competition is looking forward to Canelo, he doesn't need to sell the fight any further. He doesn't need to prove to himself or sell himself his dream that he's going to just over, he's gonna, um, overwhelm uh, Caleb Plant and take over. You know, I think this is something his brother did when his um his brother fought um, Terrence Crawford a couple years back. He talked a huge game. He was uh, getting into Terrence Bud's head, Terrence Crawford's head, and Crawford knocked him out. You know, I think that's something that Benavidez is, is wary of. This guy's a this Caleb Plant guy is a guy who fought Canelo already. So if he could get over him, if he could get in his head, take him out, then maybe he'll be able to do the same against Canelo. Uh, the only issue is Caleb Plant didn't feed, didn't go for the bait. He didn't he didn't feed into it. He was cool, calm, and collective. He didn't say anything outlandish. He said it already, it was already personal when his in his um words, it was already personal. And he just seemed as such he was uh, a predator. Is waiting to attack. He's not in attack mode right now. He's playing that that fool, go, that fool, that dummy, that essentially the scared little boy in the corner, essentially until you try to strike him and he strikes you extremely hard. I think David Benavidez needs to be careful on the things he's asking for because Caleb Plant is still a dangerous dude. Just because he lost to Canelo doesn't mean he's any less dangerous than any fighter he's fought thus far. Probably the most dangerous fighter he's about to fight is Caleb Plant, and I think David Benavidez needs to relax before Caleb Plant pulls out a trick out his check out the um the the trunk that we have yet to see and that's something that Benavides needs to be wary of 24 years old still extremely young when Canelo was like 23 24 he was super young fighting Mayweather with 47 fights under his belt and people were still saying he wasn't um savvy enough he wasn't he wasn't groomed enough to fight Mayweather May and with 47 fights under his belt wasn't ready to fight Mayweather so that's something that's scary I'm not calling Caleb Plant Mayweather at all you know that's probably a horrible example but I was just comparing the youth of David Benavidez could possibly be the chink in his armor because he doesn't have that experience fighting high-profile fighters. Caleb Plant is his highest-profile fighter thus far and may be the one that is the gatekeeper to Benavidez fighting Canelo. Now, you made a point that I want to expand on about Caleb Plant and, you know, putting the energy out there of I'm just going to be patient and wait for, you know, the fight, you know, and fight night. I think that's what kind of caught Anthony Durrell off guard. He did not believe in Caleb Plant's power. You know, he's known for a guy, sweet hands, right? Not hard hands, sweet hands, okay? Pillow fists, right? That's what he's known as. And 
He got caught with a shot that he was not expecting, that he did not see, that he did not know that Caleb Plant had, and it knocked him out, spark out, okay? So, in a way, that's a very valid point that you bring up about how Benavides needs to take this fight seriously, and I think he is. You know, he knows that he doesn't get the fights like this. You talked about it to start off your, your opening lap, that um he's one of the most avoided fighters in boxing. Okay, him and Andrade are the two probably most avoided fighters in boxing. And he knows that he needs to cherish this opportunity and win this fight in order to get that mega fight with Canelo Alvarez. I just don't see him not showing up. Like, if you win and you show up and you get him out of there and you win the fight, then, hey, talking to smack is worth it. And that's what boxing is. You have to be confident. And everybody go about confidence in different ways. Some guys actively show their confidence. And some guys is like, I'm going to play the patient game and show my confidence when needed. But I do think, based on what I saw and the examples I saw, I saw from previous, you know, examples at the press conference that Caleb Plant looked a little shook in this one. Like, I thought David Benavides won the press conference, number one. There was one instance where they asked him or they brought up the ring right the ring um size because in the contract that got sent to Caleb Plant there was talks about um Caleb Plant wanting a bigger ring i think it was 22 22 inch something like that 22 size whatever and they asked him about it and Brian Custer the you know the commentator salute to him he does an amazing job he brought it up and Caleb Plant was kind of like all over the place with it before he actually gave a direct answer and i said to myself you know you asked for the bigger ring because you want to move. Why else would you ask for a bigger ring? You don't want to engage in the pocket with David Benavidez. Now, not saying it's, in, it's impossible to win that way. You can move. You can slick. You know, you, you have skills. Skills pay the bills. You can win the fight that way. But that, asking for that, and just the body language, it speaks volumes. Right? Billy Joe Saunders, he asked for a, a bigger ring when he fought Canelo Alvarez. And guess what? Brother can't see. Well, he can see now, but his eye socket almost got knocked out. So at some point, Caleb Plant is going to have to engage with David Benavides. And at some point, David Benavides is going to have to adjust if he can't catch Dave, um, Caleb Plant. So this fight can go either way. It could be one of the most exciting fights in boxing, or it could be a very boring fight. And Caleb Plant can make it a boring fight. So both fighters better not underestimate each other. And we'll see what happens at the next press conference. You know, real quick, I just want to touch base again on the tactics of Benavides. You know, because at this point, it gets the trash talking only gets more intense with social media, with the ability to reach out to anybody at any given time at the, at the blink of an eye. Um, you know, Benavides needs to be careful. You know, and I think that it, it's because it's Caleb Plant has a lot of baggage, and we all know that he has a lot of things that happen in his personal life that puts him in a ring, and, and it's it's a lot of stories, and I think. In the next press conference, there could be a situation where Benavidez gets so upset and so um wound tight that he brings up something that he doesn't need to bring up, something in, in Caleb Plant's personal life. And I think he's going to wake up a uh, the literal monster, the demon that Caleb Plant has inside of him. That's something that nobody wants to see, especially Benavidez. I mean, the fans want to see it. Benavidez is probably don't want to see that kind of monster that Caleb Plant could be if, if the wrong buttons are pushed or the right buttons in Plant's case. That I think, you know, the next press conference is definitely something to look forward to. It's absolutely entertaining on social media. It's entertaining to watch. 
but it could be something bigger than just uh, an opportunity to fight Canelo. It, it could be something huge, bigger than that. And I think Benavidez should just keep it boxing because right now I know he's trying to play the mind games, but there's a possibility everything he's doing is working against him, not for him. And my last point on this, you brought up the social media, right? The back and forth in social media. Well, I was expecting to see the back and forth live at the press conference. You know, you're talking all this yin yang yell on social media. Okay, both sides. David Benavidez bought it. He bought it to the to the press conference. Caleb Plant didn't bring it. And then, you know, they go back on social media after the fact, and the trash talking on both sides begins again. So that's my point. I just felt that Caleb Plant was just not engaging, was not responding to the David Benavidez onslaught, him and his father. They came swinging at the press conference, and I really felt that Caleb Plant had no answer for it. But will he have those answers in the ring? That's the question. And by me saying everything I'm saying, don't get it twisted. Caleb Plant, he's a confident fighter in the ring. He knows he has the skills to outthink his opponents. He has the tools in his toolbox to bring out. So don't get it twisted. This fight is a true definition of a 50-50 fight. And when that time comes, we'll predict who wins the fight on this very damn show. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic that we have here right now. And it's not really a topic. It's just basically a, a news that came out today. And we're just going to respond to it. And then we're going to go about our nights. Ryan Garcia. And Javante Tank Davis' fight is in danger. Okay, it's at an impasse right now because of a rematch clause. And Zay, I know you have the information on file. You came better prepared than me right now when it came to this topic. So I'm going to just send that rock over to you to explain to the listeners what's going on. All right. So this whole contract situation is frustrating for everyone. All the fans want to see this fight happen earlier than later. But this conflicts between a rematch clause. The rematch clause that if Ryan Garcia was to win the fight, that his team and his promotions will be the A side of negotiations, meaning more money for his his team, and they collect the pay per view um percentage or whatever it may be, and he'll get the biggest the bigger half um the bigger portion excuse me um and the issue with that is uh Javante Davis I, I believe is unwilling to relinquish and his team is unwilling to relinquish that re- that right to be the A side to be the the main uh you know, main person getting the bigger pot, the bigger portion of the money. Um, and, you know, at, at, for me, at least hearing this, you know, I think it all depends on whose numbers are higher, who's bringing in the most pay-per-views, who's bringing in the the, the most money on uh, selling out the tickets, selling out the fights. I think you have to look at the numbers a little deeper than just who has the, um, the gold, who has the championships, the titles to talk about this. I think, you know, when we refer to A side, B side, is nothing to do with your accomplishments. It has nothing to do with how many fighters you fought, how many people you fought in the top the top tens, top fives, top twos. It don't matter. Uh, it's not about the gold. It's about who is selling. It's a business. It's not about the gold. If it was about the gold, then we we'll be talking about a whole different story regarding fighters and how much they're getting paid and how much they're not getting paid. It's about the who's who's is selling these fights. You know, Ryan Garcia has a huge social following. Do not know if he sells more fights than Javante Davis. Matter of fact, I don't know many fighters in his in Javante Davis division, um, and Garcia's division that's selling more than Javante Davis on a pay per view in the in the arenas and so on and so forth. Javante Davis is one of the highest uh, the guys who sells out a lot, and not only just in his division in all of boxing. The guy is box office. I understand that Ryan Garcia has a social media following, and they may 
confuse you. It may deter you to think otherwise. But Tank sells fights. He sells fights on the pay-per-views. He sells fights in arenas. He sells tickets. That's something that needs to be um, closely looked at when anyone refers to them as the A side. And I think promotions right now between Dazzin and Showtime are still going back and forth about it. And I hope there's a compromise soon because I do want to see these two guys fight immediately. It will be extremely huge. Um, and if not, if they can't get it to work or if whatever reason things cannot work out due to the greedy nature of making the most money as the A side or B side, I would love to see Lomachenko and Javante Davis fight. I think it's that time. I know Javante Davis, people say he ducked when he was younger, and I know Lomachenko was trying to take advantage. But I think right now, and Javante Davis talks about having the most, fighting the best fighters. Lomachenko is on that list as one of the best fighters in boxing. That's something I would love to see if this Ryan Garcia fiasco cannot come into fruition. Basically, it's the rematch clause that's basically installed or not installed that's stalling the fight. You know, I think for me, I'm on the Ryan Garcia side on this one. You know, um, I think he should walk away pretty much. Listen, man, if you win the first fight, let's say Ryan Garcia wins the first fight, then he should be the A side. I just think that's fair because he won the fight. I understand we talk about numbers here and who sells, but if he wins the fight, then I think he should be the A side. Like it should be, even if it's a 50 50 split, if not, he should be the A side there. That's, I think that makes sense to me, you know, from a logical perspective. Now, you know, I think you talk about Golden Boy and the zone. They should be the ones in charge of putting together the rematch, to be honest with you. And I think it's self-explanatory for me, even though I do agree that the A side in the first fight should be Tank Davis because he sells the pay-per-views. He is the most box office fighter in all the boxing, in my honest opinion. I said that before on the show you have as well. So, yes, he should be the A side going into April 15th matchup. But as far as the rematch, I think the rematch, the winner should be in charge, just like how... You know, you look at women's boxing and you see Amanda Serrano and, and, and Katie Taylor and how Katie Taylor came to her backyard and be her dad. Now the fight is in Ireland. It should always be like that. But guys want to get greedy. And I think there's some, um, I don't know. I've been in the doors a little bit and I've been hearing things through the grapevine. There are actually more people right now. And I'm actually shocked by this in a way, not too shocked, but. A little bit because I think the fanfare will say that Javante Tank Davis will win this fight and relatively easy by knockout. But there's people that I've heard, and I'm talking about real boxing guys, guys that work in boxing, that is picking Ryan Garcia to win this fight, which is very alarming. Now you talk about the rematch clause and how they don't want to give it to him to be the A-side. I got a question for you. When you look at Javante Tank Davis saying I want a tuna fight, which he already fought, the tuna fight, um, his recent fight that he that he won, right? Um, and Ryan Garcia saying, listen, I'm ready to get into it now. Do you think there is skepticism on Tank's side, whether it's Tank or his team, in this Garcia fight, and that's why they don't want to give him the A-side in the rematch clause? I don't think so. I think, you know, I think there's more skepticism with Ryan Garcia being overly bold. I think, you know, uh, Javante Davis is one person that he's always been is careful. He's not, he don't take opponents lightly. He fights everybody, but at the same time, he takes his time fighting them. And I think that's something that we've seen Javante Davis do throughout his career. If we don't, if we flash back a couple years ago, 
um, him and Tevin Farmer was having back and forth. That was gonna be at the time was gonna be one of the slated fights of his career. That was been one of the biggest fights of his career, fighting for the belts against Tevin Farmer, and he was taking his time, you know, accruing experience and to to get ready to lead up to fight to fight him. And I think you know Javante Davis and his team is always about the lead up, getting into the fight prior to the just getting straight into these fights. Um, his promotion, as you, you all know, to me, whether promotion at the time and now his own promotion, um, it's always been about leading, leading up to these fights. And I think Garcia, when you look at his career and what he's done, you know, he, his career doesn't show, yeah, um, he's ready to fight Tank Davis. You know, it's all about just talk. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm ready. Let's do this. And I think at this point now that when we look at Ryan Garcia, we look at Haney's, um, those are the big names now in box in, in the division. Um, where Garcia amassed his fame based upon social media following, not because he's dominating top five dudes in the, in the division, is because his social media following is a, his is is showing is way huge, is bigger than boxing at this point. Is it's just he's becoming a star, a social media star at that. Um, and I think for me, with the rush rushing into this fight, I think Ryan Garcia is like rushing because he sees something that he can exploit. And that's why he's in a, a, a constant, let's fight now, let's fight this month, let's fight that month, no more waiting, no more waiting. And I think he's in a rush to do something because he sees, he thinks he sees something that may not actually be what he thinks he's seeing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, everybody sees something when they're on the couch and when they watch a film until they get in the ring and they can't exploit it. But I just think as boxing promoters, y'all are in some ways, in a way, not everybody, but in a way, messing up the sport. Because it's all about the money, and that's what boxing is in all actuality. It's a hustle. It's about the money. It's about hustling to get the money. It's not really about the art of fighting anymore. And anybody who watched boxing who thinks that, they're sadly mistaken. I think you have to meet at a silver ground. You have to meet at a common ground. You have to meet each other halfway. And I think that's fair to have the A-side beat Tank Davis because he sells the more pay-per-views. He fought the better names. And the B-side be the winner. I mean, excuse me, the A-side in the rematch be the winner of the first match. I think that's how you meet at the common ground. And if it's not done that way, you are going to run the risk that Golden Boy Promotions and the zone is going to say, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to have Ryan Garcia face uh, Isaac Cruz, who's building his name up the ranks ever since he fought Tank. And, and, and built up his resume that way. Because guess what? If most people think that Ryan Garcia is going to lose anyway, then you know how boxing is. He loses. He gets knocked out. Then we say his career is over. Back to the drawing boards. Okay, fine. Why not go back to the drawing boards now and just get better and better until they want to come correct? I'm not trying to promote not taking a fight now. No, All right, I'm not trying to promote that. I want to see this fight more than the next man. Mm-hmm. Okay? But I know how boxing work, and I understand the politics that go into it, and that's why I want to see a reasonable common ground. The same thing happened with Terrence Crawford and Edward Spence. They had this bullcrap contract that they gave Terrence Crawford's way. Try to rip him off. Talking about no guaranteed money. These promoters are being greedy. Stop mm-hmm. it. We want to see the fight. That's the problem here. I mean, you know, I think you made a valid point. It's the promoters who are really – getting in, in between a great fight. um, And I think that's something that we're going to have to keep facing throughout the entire year. You know, I was excited for this year um, prior prior to, all you know, before the year 2022. And 2022 came about, 
I mean, and it was towards the end. You heard about the AJ Wilder. Excited to see it. Ryan Garcia and uh, excuse me, Ryan Garcia and um, Tank. Excited to see it. You know, Benavidez Plant. Excited to see it. It only seems like one fight's happening, and then, you know it's, it's, it sucks because it's, that's the only fight that's going to be happening apparently. But there was a lot. Oh, my bad. I forgot one. Haney Lomachenko. That was another one that was slated for this year. And yeah. I was excited for this. I'm like, it was about to be the year of boxing. And now it seems like all of these contract negotiations between the promoters is what ruining it. And that's what I've been talking about for the last couple years. I mean, last year and change. Boxing promoters are ruining the sport of boxing. There's a reason why it's a dying sport. It's not because the boxers. It's because you're not putting the right fights at the right time. And this is a proponent of that. You're stalling. Uh, Garcia versus Davis. You're, you're possibly going to install a Haney and Lomachenko. Then you're probably possibly going to install Haney versus Garcia or Tank Davis, whoever wins. It's just going to constantly do this for years and years and years because they know they have years on the on the fighters. Well, at least years on Garcia because Garcia is young. Tank, I don't know if he's still in, but uh, his foot is still in boxing or not. I think he just wants to fight the best and then walk out. I don't know what's going to happen in his situation, but it's like, come on now. Like, you have the money. The money's there. Why? How much more money? Do y'all need? Like, it's, it's there. I, I understand it. That's just what it is, man. And that's the problem with boxing, man. Guys just be, just being greedy. But we'll see what happens. If we get any major updates on the progress of this fight, hopefully we do because we want to see this fight. This is a fight that everybody wants to see. I would argue that this is the biggest fight in boxing. Like when you talk about the popularity, this might be the biggest fight in boxing, period. Like, the popularity, the fan base that both fighters bring to the table, whether it's from YouTube, whether it's from Disney Channel, okay, wherever it comes from, they bring in somebody, okay? I don't know who Ryan Garcia's followers is, okay? Probably a bunch of girls and, and who the, I don't know. But he's bringing somebody to the table. And Tank, we already know what he's doing and where he's selling out. So, it's going to be a mega fight and a big fight. And hopefully, it could happen at the regular targeted date of April of April 15th, which is the week before my birthday. Can you please give me a birthday present by having this fight slated on that day, please? <laughs>